go now. Welcome to the Junction City Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Martinez. Uh, on the show today, in the sweat box, to my right, Shane Forrester. He's a- I'm pointing you at you. You can fucking say it. Can I just say it? You guys yeah. fucking got mad at me last time that I was actually saying it. How do we no. do this every John time? Miles and Kobe Peterson. I don't hey. know. That was before we had video. Because oh, that's right. Oh, hey, everybody say hi to the camera. Here. You fucking guys. <laughs> every goddamn show, I got to say my name. You just say okay, it. Okay, I'll fuck you up. You are fucking hard okay. to say your name. <laughs> every show, I got to say like at least six words. <laughs> like, like, why, why do we got to skip this fucking thing? Like, just move on to the intro. Like, this Jesus. is the intro. <laughs> so, on today's show, creative, sorry. So, on today's show, intro. we're going to have Alicia Washington from Good Company Theater come out and talk to us. We had a really great conversation. She's not here right now because Magic Media, we're going to uh, have her here later today. Uh, what, though, before we get to that, what's been going on with you, fucking angry old man? <laughs> Dude, I screwed I'll up. I'll tell you what I've been doing all week. I've been looking Will at you? polls. <laughs> oh, man, That's I can't it. wait. We're the show. I can't wait. No, fuck you guys. I'm I can't gonna... wait. <laughs> You no, have the perfect opportunity to turn this around on Shane. And, and he, yeah, you did. Uh, he's just checking out some hot <laughs> bowl. You didn't even say And it. you're just like, you oh, poor me. So anyways, <laughs> here's I what I decided gonna... <laughs> in 2020. Oh, man. Quit fucking voting for oh. your heart and who's going to give you a bunch of free shit. Boom. Oh, Boom. my God, this guy. Start voting for people that can win some fucking shakes that matter. here. So you tell me to vote Joe Biden? You tell me to vote Joe Biden. We win California by 9 million fucking votes. I cannot be more tired of this conversation. I have to have it every week. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. Some person, some fucking new expert on presidential (laughs) politics. Oh, man, you guys are the best. I know, this is like gotten out of hand at John, this point. I like how Shane went straight to the head, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, no, no, I took it's my kids to a basketball game, off. dude. It we wasn't, yeah. Right in. We had five minutes right before we started talking about it. It doesn't. Thank so, you. What else Thanks, you Shane. Great so I screwed up. So yesterday, I was like, remember I messaged you guys in the Slack channel? I was like, hey, who wants to go to uh, the Oktoberfest thing oh, up in Snow yeah, Basin? Yeah, yeah, So I was like, oh, these guys don't want to go. Whatever. I'm going to go up there. Well, guess what? Not it, it wasn't uh, yesterday. They, you mean, wait a minute. You mean, you're mean to tell me they didn't do Oktoberfest in September? Well, pr- traditionally, Oktoberfest is actually in September, yeah. yeah. In Munich. It, it is? Yeah, yeah, man. You didn't know that? Well, why the fuck is it called Oktoberfest? Because it ends in October. It goes the whole it's month? It's leading up to it lead, October. It, it ends in October, yeah. But so I, I drove up to Snow Basin. That's I'm like, sense. all right, let's do this. I, you know, I drove I, all the way up there. Yeah, my, I convinced my wife, and we get there, and like all these people riding mountain bikes. I'm like, all right, this seems cool. And I start looking around, I'm like, dude, where's all the bratwurst? Like, what's what's going on? And I'm like, dude, hang on. And I pull out my phone. I'm like, oh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's, oh, it's on Sundays, not Saturdays. Yeah, so I was like, Can well, you imagine if we would have gone. <laughs> so we went to Harvest Moon instead, which was awesome. And oh. there was a guy there who was cooking bratwurst. And I was like, dude, brat. yeah. I was like, when when does this like come to uh, like a store that I can go? He's like, I'm I'm, I'm looking at brick and mortar right now. And I was like. Music to my ears, dude. Because it was a pretty good Browerst. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, Harvest Moon was a lot of fun, though. A lot Dan of fun. Poles, God damn like it. No, see, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to make that joke, too. Say it again, Shane. Gosh. What did Dan you do? Mike's polls. Kobe likes sausage. And you like. What did you do? <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to remember what I did. The only thing I can think of that I did is... Uh, 
I was watching a lot of city council meetings, Ogden city council meetings. Yeah. So I'll just put it right here. I have to uh, say I was wrong last week. Oh, shit. About Angel Castillo. You know, I said that I, I hadn't seen her do anything that told me she was ready to execute her vision. I think it's kind of what I said. Yep. Yep. But I, uh, man, she's been talking in those city council meetings. She's, she, she shows it there. You can tell watching her when she speaks at city council meetings. Ah. Oh. <laughs> you guys hear that? I got her. That's Crow. It is. Oh, John's about to eat some. You know what? This is what makes me great is that when I'm wrong, <laughs> I will come and say I was wrong. I'll bring it up. So I was wrong. Uh, all right. Angel, you're great. Kudos, yeah. kudos to John for being willing to do that. What'd you do? Um, all right. Let's start the show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Moving along. Uh, well, let's talk about the bet. Can we talk about the bet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually don't know what happened in the game. Did the Panthers win? Yes. The Panthers didn't just win. No, hold on a second. The Panthers just, actually won? Is it really? The, bet. the okay, Panthers the bet won. Was. Their ass. Yeah. The bet yeah, was. You're not even football fans. Everybody listening cares not a about the fan. Panthers one Cardinals you. game. Are you kidding me right now? You're telling me into my face so, that I'm not a football fan? I'm more of a football fan than I've ever been. Okay. I Kobe, knew. Listen, gets the win. I was telling my wife how proud I was that I was having a relevant sports conversation where I knew that the quarterback <laughs> was out and I knew they were 0 2. I knew every. My wife keeps saying, Why is this your team? And then hey, I try to say, Hey, have you ever seen the fucking hats that Cam Newton wears? <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason. So we made a bet. So this morning in the Slack channel, I said, You know, so John and I's team are the Carolina Panthers. First time I've ever got to like hang out with a guy yeah, and be buddy. a fan of a team. It's pretty awesome. And uh, uh, that was a cute little fist bump, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Dan's team the are the Arizona Cardinals. Our uh, fists were Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> so I, in the in the Slack channel this morning, I said, "Hey, John, should we have a wager with Dan since our teams are playing each other today?" And then John comes in and says, "No, we better not. Cam Newton's out." And, you know, we're 0-2, and, and this probably isn't going to happen. I was like, you know what? Kyler Murray has been really good of late. Maybe I don't do it. And, and then Dan's all, yeah, let's have a wager. And I was like, nah, I better not. And then John's all, whatever. Well, I'm in. And I'm like, all right, dude. If John's in, I'm in. Seriously. It was I'll like, whenever. Yeah. It's, like, it's a okay. bad idea, but yeah. so? So we bet yeah, I've got a loser gets, has to wear a shirt on the show chosen by the winner. And I told Dan that I was pr- he was probably going to make me wear like where were you Shane a trashy oh, I, was, I was watching why didn't you stop this no no I, was, I, I read every one of them so so we made the bet <laughs> so now and the Dan Panthers has... rolled yeah the Cardinals today was right. it thirty eight twenty or you know it was dude oh it was God. like a you let you let the backup quarterback throw four touchdown Panthers passes bro rolled dude. and Dan likes poles. <laughs> That's what the shirt should say. Print it. Print it. That is a god awful shirt. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. So that's the bet. So So I'll be wearing a shirt next week. Well, some week. I mean, I'm wearing a shirt. You are going to spell it P O L L. Right? I don't know. Yeah, Dan's going to be wearing a shirt, and that shirt is going to be a debut. And once you've seen Dan wear that shirt, you will be able to purchase it. You will also be able to buy that shirt on our website. Yeah. Look out for that. Actually, that'll be coming soon. Um, We're going to sell we them should... if you guys want one, and we'll donate all proceeds to charity. Well, we'll probably donate no. pro- <laughs> proceeds to... Kobe's like, well... Well, we'll probably take the proceeds and put it into, you know, getting paying, some, paying people to write local news stories. Some proceeds. Is likely what yeah, we'll saving journalism. Oh. Saving journalism saving is what journalism. probably we'll do with it. Oh. Yeah. In saving Weber County. journalism. Yeah, so... 
What the? Hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The wink and the gun. Uh, Is that what we just got? The no. wink and the, <laughs> the yank and the wink. Uh, so I think that's enough of us for right now. Uh, we'll be right back. And uh, when we come back from the break, we'll have. That sucks. No? Why? <laughs> no, he's just being a dick. He's you about to finish it. Worst yeah. transition ever. What? No, that was like <laughs> so a normal good. transition. No. God damn it, John. We were fucking ready. We were All right. there. I Let's go it. have some beers, hey, fellas. We're, and then, yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs> We haven't been recording this whole time. Yeah, that no. was some juicy stuff. That was some juicy stuff. I can't believe we didn't. Too bad. It was pretty in depth. Yeah, like I was. It was heavy. We always do the best stuff off air. Yep. I know, right? Well, I guess that's it. <clears throat> thanks, that's everyone. Happens. Yep, thanks for being here. <laughs> so we got appreciate you, Alicia Washington. Correct. Uh, with Good Company Theater yep. here in Ogden. Mm-hmm. Welcome out to the Sweatbox. Thank you. It's cooling off in here, though. Yeah, now that the yeah I know. It's, I, yeah, right. it's been hotter. It's really cold, really fast. It needs like a winter name. Later. Yeah, Winter's we'll coming. Later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Winter's coming. <laughs> so Good Company Theater is, it's like right under the, the bridge, basically, basically. On 24th Street, yep. 24th and Wall. 24th and Wall. If you go past the bridge, you've gotten too far. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows little salon that's on the corner, 24th and Wall. We're right next door to it. There's plenty of parking on the uh east side and that's where the entrance is as well tell me about good company theater so good company theater um oh my gosh how do you talk about the thing that you love the most uh so we are a contemporary theater company uh started by myself and my sister camille washington back in 2012 our mission is to develop and promote high quality eclectic theatrical productions forging new relationships between audiences, performers, and spaces in the process. Yeah, that's what she said. She just did that. She just did it. Thanks. I've been saying it for a while. (laughs) But really what we want to do is bring out amazing stories that particularly highlight stories of marginalized groups of people to the Ogden scene. Mm. And that can either be through new works, new plays, new musicals, or plays and musicals, and reviews that we do like earlier this year (laughs) um camille's like what are we gonna do in february and i'm like i don't know so i was driving one day i get some of my best thoughts when i'm driving and i'm like we should do a show that's a uh musical review that features all black talent and i'm like then we should call it you bet your black ass broadway (laughs) and we did it (laughs) and it was everyone's like oh my gosh there's ass in the title oh my gosh it's black people oh my gosh what am i getting into but it's really just celebrating african-americans in theater and giving them space to perform because typically we don't get to see that in theater. That's mm-hmm. awesome. How did it go? Was it well received? Oh, so well rece- received. We're doing it again this year. Good. Uh, sorry, next year. Yeah, the coming February. <laughs> yes. And you do shows year round? We do, yes. So like, this season in particular, we have produced seven of eight shows so far. Oh, okay. So we've been in production since January. Yeah. A new show every four to six weeks. And then you, you've got one about to start? We just Started. opened this weekend. Oh, yep. this weekend. Yep. And what, what's that one? So it's called Ripped by Rachel Bublitz, and it's a show about consent. What other like marginalized groups have you worked with, I mean, that you've been putting out there? Mm-hmm. So, Well, the one I saw was, and you have to remind, The View Upstairs. Yes. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And so I read the description beforehand. Mm-hmm. It said, I think, like, a uh, gay man has a trauma that, sends him back to to experience gay culture from se- the 70s, I think is kind of what I yeah. read. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went into it expecting. But then what I saw was <laughs> like, I mean, it's just so like, 
it is really here's what it's like like a, a policeman comes and sort of uh beats one of them it like like it just gets real heavy mm-hmm. about what it's like to be a homosexual in the 70s versus now and kind of how they take it for granted maybe now i don't know if that but anyways it's it was, reviewing history it's remembering the roots of um not only the civil rights movement but also of the lgbtq movement that has happened in this country and something that really stands out to me is when people start to put dates on like the civil rights movement was in 1968. We're looking at like the LGBTQ movement, which has barely found its footing within the last decade. I mean, these, this isn't a distant past. This is, this is very current. We still have people that remember these tragedies or these victories that have happened. So it was important to me, particularly with the view upstairs that, um, people be reminded that um, what the show revolves around is a um, what's the word I'm trying to say so someone went in and burned down the bar Um, it's based off of actual events it was the largest hate crime against the LGBTQ community until the Pulse tragedy Mm. so and there were oh no 39 people murdered murdered in this i'm i'm not remembering the number correctly and i apologize in the fire in the fire Mm. um it was arson um it was this the bar was called the bar upstairs um i'm getting my my words twisted let me try that again the upstairs lounge Mm. and so it was really this safe space for people within that community to go to in the 70s in 74 where you have people living other lives or you have people, um, trans people, uh, lesbians, uh, particularly um, women of color who are lesbians, going in and having the safe space to just be themselves. And um, the horrific thing about this is people watched this bar burn down. Like there was a bar across the street and no one helped these people try to get out. And um, things being said like, I hope it burned their dresses off of them Mm. and there were bodies left in the windows because over the windows were just these bars. So people couldn't get out. And so local authorities left the charred bodies in the window uh, windows for up to a week. So just really revisiting the past and providing a platform for people to examine how far we've come or how little we've come. And for me, the best way to do that has always been through theater. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So, Lisha, I, I wanted to maybe give the audience a little bit of context about who you are and kind of how you came to start Good Company. Mm-hmm. Can, can you kind of tell us a little <laughs> bit about your kind of formative years and how you got into theater? Oh, well, I was younger and, you know, that ambition goes a long way. Sure <laughs> does. Um, but my background, so I graduated from Weber State University in 2010, officially. Go Wildcats. Yes, go Cats. Go Wildcats. Um, with my degree in musical theater. And so th- I thought, as most people in musical theater do, that uh, my future was to be on Broadway. Hmm. And so to work my trek to go back there and to be on the Great White Way or to get onto a national tour. But as I started to go to all of these national auditions, I found myself missing things like, oh, I want to put this costume piece together. Or, oh... I want to produce this piece of work. And so I found myself coming back to Utah. I never moved out of Utah. Um, Found myself coming back to Utah and getting involved with other theater companies and saying like, okay, I know I'm on stage, but how do I get involved administratively? How do I make this happen? And as I really started to think about it, I'm like, well, wait, what stories do I want to tell? What stories 
or need to be told and who isn't being represented on stage in Utah. And it came really simply. And I'm like, okay, now's the time for me to try this. And my sister at the time, she was out of state finishing up a fellowship at the Walker Art Museum. And I just started to talk to her about it and it started to steamroll. And I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go look for, for a space. She's like, okay, okay. Because the idea of it, um, when we first started, well, when I first started to pursue it was to do site-specific theater. So find a play or a musical and then rehearse it somewhere else, someone's basement or something, and then go to like Union Station and perform it there. So to really help activate these different iconic parts of Ogden City. Interesting. Um, and then as I started to look around, I'm like, okay, I think I need a place to call home. Because I was involved with different theater companies where we'd rehearse at libraries or at someone's home. And that was always hard to bounce around. And something I really wanted to do was to have a sacred space where we could experience our successes and our failures, but it was ours. So we didn't really, we couldn't really find a space that was working out too well. And then as storybook as it is, the last place that we looked, uh, which was 260 25th Street, Right above Jack and Jill's, which is a perfect place for a theater company. Yeah. Um, it was the last place we looked, and it was perfect. I walked in with um, George Whiting, who has uh, now, who has recently, well, not recently, two years ago, I think, passed away. Uh, rest in peace. Um, I walked up there with him, and I'm like, we can do everything here. We can rehearse. We can build sets. We can see our audience. And it was 1,500 square feet. <laughs> Wow. It was miniature when you think about it, like yeah. it would, but it was absolutely magical. Um, and we were there for five years and produced over 25 shows. Amazing. Yeah. So about five a year. Yeah. Yep. And it was all the, so we, the little area that people came in, we had one bathroom that was, oh gosh, about 500 square feet. Then the performance space was like 800 square feet. And then just a sliver of a closet for all the actors to get ready in. but And it was called Good Company? Yeah. yeah. Yep, still Good Company Theater. And the reason for the name, when my sister was getting her um, advanced degree over at um, SFAI, San Francisco Arts Institute, it was just, again, driving. I called her one day, and I'm like, what if a theater company was called Good Company Theater? She's like, okay, because I just say stupid shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and this was probably like four years before I even thought I could open a theater company. And I'm like, you know, because it's like you can be in good company. It's not going to turn people away. It's just very friendly. And, you know, she's like, okay, great. Thanks. I got to go write a paper. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, all right, decision made. <laughs> yeah. And then like when we found the location, when I decided to move forward with it, she hopped on to the project and then we were getting to re ready to apply for our business license, the Ogden City Arts Grant. And she's like, we need a name. I'm like, oh, what could it be? What could it be? And she's I'm like, it can't be anything with Washington in it because there's Washington Boulevard. And that just feels mm. way, way, way too, <laughs> too much for me. Where I'm like, oh, my last name's Washington. That's great. Um, <laughs> but it's like, well, she's like, why don't we just stick with good company? And if we change it, we change it. But it's I really like come it. to our benefit. It's good. And yeah. it's like GTC. Yeah. So. I love the shirts that you all made. You yep. down with G you down with GCT? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys do anything with like uh like outreach to local high schools and stuff trying to find uh I guess I don't know what it What do you do like about casting? Do you just mm -hmm. people just come to you and they're like, "Hey, I want to be in this play," mm -hmm. or "Hey, I want to learn how to uh, how to act," that kind of stuff? 
Like, how does that work? Or- I always believe anyone can get on stage. That's just like the truest part about me where I think anyone can sing and anyone can act, right? It's just the level at which like you put the energy and time behind it. It'll just help mold your craft even more. But when it comes to good company theater with my time on stage, um, I've developed really great lasting relationships and a good hold on the talent um, from designers to directors to actors within the state. So typically when we first started off, we didn't hold auditions. It was just hey, are you available to do this role? (laughs) I know you'd be great. Yeah. Like you were out scouting them? I do that as well. Like, um, I think like LA Alicia is a very ruthless (laughs) casting agent (laughs) that's very successful (laughs) because um, I can see someone, get to know them. And if they have an interest in acting, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to call on them, have them read the script. And if they're available, they'd be perfect for the role. Well, I was going to say one of the ever since I've started following your theater like the people you cast yeah. you have like it's it's people I'll know from you know just like within the community and then they're just cast in a play I'm like I didn't know this person acted yeah. like it's it's a fun thing about your shows I think mm-hmm. and and people I mean this is a Utah's really unique in the sense that uh it's a red state but very liberal when it comes to the arts mm. which is shocking and so you have also a predominant religion that focuses on developing these different skill sets that are involved in the performing arts Indeed. from speaking, you know, uh, public speaking to dance to singing. It's oh, yes. kind of astounding how talented people are in this state. Yeah. Th- that was another, you, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, you did a casting call, I think, where it was like, we need somebody who plays the trumpet or something like that. Yeah. It, and I just love that. It's like, we want somebody to play the trumpet live in our show. Uh-huh. And so bring that first and then we'll 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 teach you how to act kind yeah. of. Yeah. It was um it was for the jungle actually and um looking for someone who plays the violin That's who is an actor. Uh-huh. Who's an actor who plays the violin. I mean you can get into semantics, but Right. Yeah, so. I like that. And and the view upstairs, you had that guy playing the piano the whole time, which I just I yeah. loved it. It's yeah. a really good element. Especially being so close to the mm-hmm. actors and all of that. It's so really he good. played, uh, his name is Paul Naylor. He played the role of Buddy. Um, and actually his day job is he's a dentist. Oh, really? Wow. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. What he came out and did the I stuff. Has he, he's done shows? He's done other shows, right? Yes. We okay. have been um, fortunate to work with Paul for years now. I think uh, we've been working with him at least once every two years, if not multiple times within a year for five years. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, so do you need anyone cool. that um, knows how to be a plumber, but also <laughs> has to be... I need somebody to be fixing a drain. <laughs> on. And also be able to act. See, or video game. Right is right here. Here's the thing. is like, you tell me and I don't forget. I'm, yeah. I'm like a little like bank of like these skills yeah. that everyone Shane's has. Shane's got them. So yeah. yeah it'll, just give me a call. It'll yeah. stay up there. Okay. You got it. He does a really great pirate thing too. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, but you do pull a lot of folks from the community. You know, like we've had Brandon Gartside on the show uh-huh. here and we talked about local sports specifically. And, you know, when Brandon used to work for the Standard and mm-hmm. cover Weber State sports. But Brandon has been in he was I went and saw Gloria with my wife and he was uh, one of the main actors in that show. Yeah. Oh, he um, was. Yeah. Uh, we had Dave Foley on two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dave's wife, Sana. It has been. She was also in that production. She she's also she's over really our social media. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sana's super involved, and so you just get good folks from the community who have yeah. a passion for the arts. And the that show. was important to me. I studied in Chicago for a little bit, and I remember when I wasn't 
in session, I would just go out and see shows. It was just storefront theater. And at that moment, gosh, I think I was like 23, 24. I was like, I just want to create theater that mimics someone's favorite bar or someone's favorite restaurant where you they come in and you know them. And if you know the person, they're they're more willing to come out and just be like, great, I don't know anything about the show, but I want to, you know, fellowship with you and I want to support the arts. Yeah. And so it was really important for me to establish the relationships first, both with our patrons, everyone that we work with, and then the work will be there. Then that comes along with it. Hmm. And that just creates a stronger community in general, in my opinion. Yeah, because it does feel like there's a, a definitely a core group of folks who support good company, you know, they're, they're season ticket holders, mm-hmm. you know, they're regularly in productions, all of those good things. And it just sort of, it creates like an ecosystem exactly. and, and they get their friends involved, like you said, and then, you know, you show up and you know, Hey, I know this person. And mm-hmm. so I don't know what I'm about to see, but I know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And the unique thing that we've been able to develop is like when I first started, it was definitely a passion and it still is, but it's become more, you know, on the business side, which no one thinks will happen in the arts because you just do it because you love it but to be able I knew I wanted to to have good company be in Ogden and everyone thought I was out of my mind which yes I am but two I've always trusted in in Ogden when it comes to the performing arts from Utah Musical Theater that I went to as a kid which was a professional theater company that operated for 15 years Hmm. out of the Egyptian to seeing the quality of work coming out of Weber State University to some of the first things that I did outside of junior high and high school, which was um, Terrace Playhouse. Mm. There's always been such strong support for the arts in Ogden. So it just made sense for me that, yeah, I'm going to start a theater company in Ogden. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. And I was going to say that, you know, for a city our size, it does feel like there's a, there is a lot of support. You know, you can go to the Egyptian for a production. Uh, there's Zigfield. There's mm-hmm. good company. Um, there are, you know, even, even uh, I went down to Harvest Moon yesterday. And, uh, you know, the Eccles was out there, you know, and they were, they were repping it. And and I've heard that they've had held really small productions in the basement of of that place. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it does feel like there's a, there's a really thriving community around it. And it's always been important for us and at the forefront of Good Company Theater to create jobs within the arts. That's why ever since we opened our doors, we've always paid everyone. It's not the easiest thing to do. It's not, you know, a living wage, but it's like, hey, you are giving us this service. Yes, you Mm. need to get paid. We need to start empowering artists to get paid for what they do. And then that also grows us as a theater company to a point of like, we do hold equity contracts, which is an actor's union. You know, we we are a full season of shows that we do because we've we've made that a priority to remain professional within hmm. our means hmm. because you're seen differently when that happens. And and it's hard to get to that point, but it's necessary. Yeah, that's a great point. Be- well, and I was going to say, I think that there's definitely that kind of mentality in the arts community in Ogden, I think. Um, you look at some of the work that like folks like Amir Jackson are doing mm-hmm. with Nurture the Creative Mind where they, you know, getting kids involved in the arts in various forms, but, you know, sort of teaching them, you know, that their work has value. Exactly. And that, like if you're, you know, Amir doesn't do projects where, you know, they're just going to, you know, the kids are just going to get ripped off or whatever. Like he teaches them like, this is the thing where now we have the Argo house on 25th street. Yep. And it does feel like there's kind of this, you know, this mentality where it's like, this is a job. And like, this is, if you're going to go and get this kind of work from folks, mm-hmm they should be compensated. Absolutely. And I don't know that that exists everywhere, but it definitely exists in Ogden. It does. And we have to have it because that's the only way we're going to keep these talented people in town. Mm. Because if there's not the money 
there's not the, um, the environment where people want to come in and pay for your goods when it comes to the arts. They're going to go elsewhere. They're going to go to Park City. They're going to go to Salt Lake if they stay local. Or for me, they'll go to either coast, to New York or L.A. Right. Because even for the little jobs, they'll get paid. So yes. we have to start and more and more people have to find that funding so we can keep the work here. Yeah, speaking of paid arts, I was sad recently because, you know, so in Nine Rails, in, in the district mm-hmm. right there, the creative district, they had done all this beautiful work Ooh. on the street, yep. and they ground up the road. Yep. I, oh, no. Yeah. I think... Wow. They ground it all up. I I mean, n- not to get into politics, because you don't ever do that here, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but in a, way, in a way, there's a lack of um, communication and transparency, I think, when it comes to the arts and local administration, where, yes, we do have an arts coordinator who does a fantastic job. Um, yes, there um, you have Christy and Ashley with um, the arts and special events, but still they kind of exist on an island that why didn't someone just with an email, a text, a tweet, I don't know, say to someone, hey, coming down the line in six months, in three months, there's going to be a major road project that happens where we are tearing up this road where maybe we want to find a different place within the nine rails district to make this happen. Or, Hey, we'll front the money. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that, but as an arts organization, we're expected to exist independently of the city, but also be like a major factor of why people should come to Ogden city where (laughs) you can't have both. So do you get any support from the city or the County? Um, so we have received ramp from uh-huh. um, Weber County, yes, and then also, I, I mean, I guess I should ask to find support well, uh, financially. I do mean financially. Or, yeah. Okay, um, and then yes, every year that we've been open, we have fortunately received um, funding from Ogden City Arts or that building. You're in a historic building. We Is are the new Bingham Apartments. Yeah, I see. That they're, are they're, really haunted. Are they? Are they? <laughs> do I mean? Yeah, our other <clears throat> space was haunted. And those spirits followed us over. Oh, you think so? Oh, I know so. That's They're awesome. hilarious. We call them the ladies. <laughs> they love to mess with sound cues and props and lights. <laughs> yeah, you need that. And Every then, good theater has oh, a couple that. good ghosts. So they followed us over to our studio. But then in the theater itself, which is 2404 Wall Avenue, um, we have this little girl. We have some aggressive spirit that lives on the stairs. Oh. But usually when it gets about to 1 a.m., you leave. Yeah. That's that's their time. What? Yeah. Spooky. I love it. But then, wait, nah. wait, wait, wait. Why don't you tell do me you're having? Yeah. She's having some kind of ghost. spooky sleepovers there. That yeah. she's Mm-mm. it's private parties. <laughs> do that private <laughs> party and then have Mm-mm. people come. Like oh. you know, black people are the first ones to get killed. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Right? Well, we've been approached I by. I mean, a lot of like the local like. Ogden Paranormal, yes. those folks. Uh-huh. And I'm just of the mentality that I don't want to stir it up. Sure. I don't want to stir them up. Mm-hmm. We, we went in there. it'll be like a Phantom of the Opera shit. Oh, my <laughs> God. How great would that be? It would be cool. Ogden Dude, Phantom she of has the to Opera? Put, <gasps> Dude, she has to put on shows in yeah, that place. She's got to be there she alone. Li- with it. My li- liability insurance, I can only pay so much. So, like, let's yeah, just, like, keep it. think of the people that would come. Oh, oh yeah. now I'm going to have people sneak into the show trying to do some stuff during the show. It might be me. <laughs> well, awesome. just start off. I'll take you next door. And again, we call them the ladies. They're hilarious. Um, they will turn the lights on and off all the time. Um, like I said, they were over at the other space, 24, like, 260 25th Street above the sex shop, Jack and Jill's. And so that building. Oh, is was, that what that is? Uh-huh. You didn't you know didn't, that? Uh, it sounds right. Never mind. All right. Oh. 
Whatever. I thought there was like a. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Go on. Hey, dance for Box Elder. We'll t- we'll I mean, the window displays don't give yeah, it away. On, <laughs> Maybe I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> Dan, we're going to talk I about we were... Dan, let's take this off. <laughs> I kind of want to talk a little bit about, you know, your involvement maybe outside of the of the theater mm-hmm. in the community, other things, other projects that you're you're involved in. Um, before we came on the show, you, you talked a little bit about your involvement with uh, Weber State's town halls on race. Uh, yeah. How did that, how did that come to be? You you know Adrian well or something? Or so how, how actually, it um, it was a call to arms that I put out, and so like uh, myself, uh, Adrian Andrews, and Monica Hall, we started that together. Um, and with her, I, <laughs> I've started to call her like the Oprah of social justice when it comes to Ogden, because she's just like this entity that is just like, please tell me, tell me what to do with this. And she just gives you this knowledge and you feel blessed <laughs> and awesome. you feel like you can do it. So it was really, um, when there was a rise of coverage, when it came to police brutality in this nation about two years ago, okay. that I started to call out Ogden city. And I said, People are scared within this community. It can happen to people within this community and it's going to happen. We have the opportunity as a city, as someone who I believe in this city so much and I love the access that I have to city council members. And that goes with anybody. Like anybody can directly talk to their local representatives and I hope they do because they are so accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I just said, we have got to talk about this because there are some power players where we can have something in in i don't know just happening in back rooms having these conversations about how do we stop this from coming to ogden city because if we don't it is going to and we can be an example of a city of things that are happening terrible things around this country and so i put it on (laughs) put it on facebook before when facebook you know was still uh valid or was there was there a time where facebook was a little more chill i don't remember that time Uh, so this was about two years ago and um i just said hey this is happening i'm really scared who who can come have a conversation with me at cafe mercantile offered on 26th street nick and lance their space Uh and i called out um ben nadowski his wife janie um adrian um other people within the community monica i'm trying to think of who else was there um, I think Angela was there with her husband, Matt. Chiberka. Yes. Thank you. Um, and I just, I'm like, I'm freaked out. What are we going to do as a community? Because we have people scared. We have people who feel voiceless, who don't want to leave their apartments or their houses, who feel like they're targeted. And we're having, we need to have these conversations with local administration and then also with the local police department. And it was just a really vulnerable moment for a lot of people within that room where, it was, please help me get this. I don't get this. Why is what's, I don't want to say what's the big deal here, but I think that's the simplest way to put it. Um, and then what can I do to be a better ally and an advocate? And so from that, Adrian, Monica, and I continued talking. And then it just became a grassroots thing where it's like, hey, let's hold these conversations. Let's invite the community to talk about what is privilege? What is racism? Why, um, why the rise in with Black Lives Matter? What does that movement mean? I don't get it. Please help me understand. Hmm. So it really became this platform that was solely, it is solely intended to educate people who maybe don't want to spend their time online trying hmm. to get through all the information that's out there 
or misinformation that's out there. I was going to say, or, or yeah, like trying to keep it clear because mm-hmm. a lot of that back in, what, 2016, two years ago, yeah. three years ago, was all kind of jumbled anyway. Mm-hmm. And then really this like face-to-face contact because a lot of people can say a lot of stuff online, but what is it when you can sit there and be present and listen to someone's experience or share your own experience if you choose to, or learn all of this terminology. You know, when it comes to what does the levels of access look like? What does it look like when we're, um, when we come to these different levels of violence? Why did we get to this point? Why do people of color, why do black people get pulled over so frequently? I've never heard of this till now. And then also a space for people of color within the community to potentially heal, to potentially be heard, to create that space for them as well. So I'm curious, have you been able to have much dialogue with the police department themselves? Um, Because it sounds like there's been a fair bit of dialogue with city leaders uh on this. And and that's how it kind of seems generally, is the Mm -hmm. city is interested in working with the community and trying to find something. They don't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. And maybe they are getting some direct dialogue with the, the police department. But I don't get the sense that people get a direct dialogue in. And it seems like really what we get from the police department is they just sort of, they have to kind of um, insulate themselves and and defend themselves. And I mean, mean, they don't seem interested in engaging in in a conversation about it. I don't know if it's not being interested as much as it's, um, I think, learned and institutionalized behavior that Mm -hmm. really stems a lot of the issues of a lack of transparency and a lack of a representation or a voice for change or for policy review. Yeah. So I think that's ingrained when they decide to step forward and get the training necessary to become a police officer. I think there's ways that you fall in line or you don't. Well, and that's exactly what I saw in that last city council meeting Mm -hmm. where Giovanni Mercado was mm-hmm. shot by police a month or two ago. August 17th. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of people in the community coming to, to speak out. Mm-hmm. And they're all saying, we just want to see a, a de-escalation, um, more non-lethal tactics. That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff they're saying. And what the police chief is saying is, these guys did everything they could. And you guys are being unfair to the police and you're, you're politicizing You have a political it. agenda. Yeah, he said mm-hmm. that several right. times. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not hearing that message of, we just want you to de-escalate. There's a lot of stuff, like, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to, like, break down exactly everything that happened and was said at that city council meeting. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have the date right in front of me, but it was, I think it was September, September 10th. 10th. Yeah. September 10th. Thank you. Um, so before that, um, a spokesperson for the family, um, Malik, he went forward to city council and, um, a citizens review board has been put together that he has put together along with a couple other people within the community. And he came forward to city council, um, and asked a couple of requests. Sorry, can I back? So the citizens review board is independent of this incident. It was prior to this. Correct. It's like, it's... Yeah, Correct. it's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing. Well, that that was that stemmed out of this oh. is, is better to say that okay. specifically around how can what's the transparency with the with OPD with the Ogden Police Department, and how do we discuss and institute change when it comes to 
uh, the de-escalation tactics used with OPD. Okay. And then also talking about how to diversify the um, officers. Um, oh, yeah. The police force itself within Ogden, which stems into if people haven't taken time to listen to the uh, two candidates uh, for mayor, um, there's one specific debate that's centered around public safety that was um, hosted by Ogden Police Department. Right. These guys were there live streaming it. We were there yes. live streaming it. it did yes. It's still on our Facebook page. It, it is. Perfect. I think this is a perfect time for people to go back and to review that. Um, but... What happened specifically with that public, um, with the city council meeting on September 10th is um, the stakes were raised when uh, the agenda was amended last minute, around 24 hours before the uh, meeting where police chief Watt was put on the agenda. And that's where he read his statements. Mm -hmm. And word got out within the community that this was going to happen specifically in response to the fatal shooting and um, people felt very rallied to come and to be represented and heard by city council. The room was basically half and half of officers and then citizens. And the room was also segregated in that way. Hmm. So you, right? mm -hmm, you walked huh. in to an already very, very charged situation. And then... Uh, from my opinion, when um, the police chief got up, started off very factual. Anyone can go and look at this on Facebook. Yeah, I watched it just before this interview. Yeah, yeah. it's on YouTube. Just search Ogden City Council. Yep, which I think is important because the police chief is supposed to represent everybody. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so it started off very um, factual, statistics. And then the alarming part to me is it became uh, very politicized. And uh, with charged statements such as "All Lives Matter," yeah, he I threw that, that in there. Yeah. And then uh, what was it? Monday court. How did he called oh. them Monday quarterbacks? Yes. Yeah, Monday morning. The people that had you know something to say about this particular incident, though they weren't there, they didn't have to deal with it. Um, yeah, he called them Monday morning quarterbacks. Yeah. And you know, some of the people that got up to speak afterward kind of called him out on that. You know, yes. They said. Well, I guess I'm a Monday morning quarterback because I'm here at this meeting and I I care. Right. Yeah. That's why I'm here is because I care. Well, and and people so um, sort of people independent view. of that citizen review board um, got up and said, you know, there should probably be a separate investigation into this that has um, that's done by an agency that's not based, potentially in Utah, hmm. particularly in Weber County, yeah. to really assess everything that happened. Because I mean, if you listen to the the facts that uh, Chief Watt put out there um, within 42 seconds of four officers arriving. Um, this man's dead. Yes. He's dead. And all four officers fired their weapons. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a really, we should mention that the body cam footage is on YouTube too. It is. Yes. And it's a, I mean, you should watch it, but it's tough because you see somebody die. Yes. Yeah, you do. But I'll admit, on the first watch, I'm like, he is ignoring the cops. He's not responding. He's walking. He's walking, not listening. And then he crosses that threshold. And I'm like, I can see why they said they felt threatened. At the same time, they didn't really feel threatened. They thought that they might get attacked. Nobody thought they were going to die. None of those police officers, I don't think, thought they were going to die. I, and a simple beanbag shot to that guy would have stopped him. And that Maybe. was that was that was one of the Maybe. things. Good point. Yeah, that was one of the things that was brought up. And I think you know, I 
I have not chosen to serve in the way that those police officers, any police officer has. So I don't know what it's like to be in those situations, Mm -hmm. but I do know what it's like to uh, feel a power, you know, like uh, dominance with four police officers and uh, 20 people standing by Mm -hmm. and the assailant, if you will, has a knife and then, you know, they show up and they don't, they know a little bit of background about this individual, but also, you know, in listening to other people, some of, some of the concerns that were brought up within the city council meeting is what is the training that happens for people that maybe have a mental illness? How do you identify those signs or someone who may be having a psychotic episode like they're coming Mm -hmm. off of even antidepressants can send you into a state of psychosis yeah or maybe he's on a hallucinogen (sighs) yeah but that doesn't mean he needs to die and and then even looking at things like okay rubber bullets what does Uh that do those fit in i don't i don't know a lot about guns so i don't want to misspeak but um according to a trusted source like you can put those in a regular firearm Hmm. right right it's just a bullet yeah i mean if if you if you watch the video the guy's doing a zombie walk Right. Yeah, yeah. I've seen knives pulled at parties. I never thought I was going to die immediately. Uh-huh. All right, so there should be at least three right. options. You know, before the guns are fired. I mean, if right. the guy has a has a gun, mm-hmm. then you shoot. Right. Yeah. Or if he's threatening, and I don't want to sound insensitive. Going, to going, going to the cheat. He's no, go ahead. He wasn't when he speaks. <laughs> he's not going to say anything like we will look into this. We will change our ways. Because this is going to go on for years, this case, uh-huh. right? He can't say, by him saying that we may change our way, is admitting that they could have done something different. Better, yeah. Or, and yeah. he's never going to do that. Which is unfortunate because, you know, after the chief speaks, there are a couple of other officers who speak as well, and it feels sort of like they were put up to speaking, you know, to mm-hmm. sort of back up the boss. And then and then the community comes in and they talk about it. And one of the things that sort of frustrated me, like like Alicia has said, was, you know, the, the chief job is to represent everybody. You know, he works for you, Shane. You really, you live in Ogden City. He works for you. He was trying to take care of my money. Uh, what he was doing. Well, and <laughs> but but the thing was, like, I think that there are, there are ways because like, I'm going to be honest, like my take on this was that the, the chief was really combative, like from the from the outset, like right. he yeah. was there to war, like period. Yeah. And, you know, like Alicia said, like the things, if you watch his statement, like, yeah, he does. He does lay out the facts, and he he talks about how you know officers don't use their weapon ninety nine point eight percent of the time. But like that's but that was yeah, also within like shit? but that was in a nineteen months. <laughs> like we're not looking at like the entire OPD history here. That was within yeah. a very condensed amount of time that he pulled these statistics. Mm-hmm. But see, but I don't care that it's ninety nine point eight. I want it yeah. to be ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Like it felt like he talked a lot about. These, if I tell these that are, guy I don't steal stuff ninety nine point eight of the time. Is he going to be cool with that? Well, the thing was, is like he 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 lays out all of these, you know, these, this is the state standard, forty hours of training, and we have this many hours of training, and and he he's pointing back to all of these these minimums, mm-hmm. and two things that came to my mind. The first one was the chief. It seems that you know he's so focused on the minimums, he he maybe missed what could be, like Alicia has talked about here. Like that's great, um, we've we've exceeded those minimums far and beyond, but. Could could we be better? Could we be more? Could we be an example of of what could be? Because we are a diverse community, mm-hmm. and that that I think is one of our strengths. You know, us and you know Salt Lake, we get called out a lot. We are some of the most diverse communities in the state, and so. But it, it seemed to me only from, when it's to Ogden City benefit. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing you have to consider: is those statistics like to be thrown around when it's like, look at how diverse we are. Yeah. But in the same respect, when you look at how many calls are put out to like. 
um, let's say East Central, where most of the crime happens, yeah. whereas predominantly you have a large population of different cultural makeups, uh, racial makeups, I mean, everything like that. So in that respect, the diversity card is played opposite. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, this is the dangerous which, part of Ogden. Right? Which ticks <laughs> right. me off, quite yeah. frankly, because mm-hmm. uh-huh. everyone loves to talk about, you know, we're 30, 32% Hispanic Latino, yeah. Latinx, but then it's like, oh shit, we're where these statistics, it doesn't line up to me anymore. And then also um, just going back to uh, police chief uh, Watts uh, statement, he takes that sharp left turn where it becomes very, very, very Mm -hmm. charged statements where you're like, okay, I would just like to ask him who read his speech (laughs) before he went up there in a very simple way, Uh right? We have... a diversity officer we have a community outreach uh i forget her exact title um but diana lopez right viviana felix who are both incredible but they're only one just one of them one Mm -hmm. was he potentially encouraged to send this to them to read not that that's in their scope of work or someone within his office I think the part that scares me most most is that was of his own volition that he got up there and read that statement. Right. Yeah. Which does not represent the Ogden that I live in. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and the, the second piece to all this is so he gets up there and it's clear that maybe he doesn't have a vision for what could be. He's just focused very much on these, you know, sort of the, the lower tier of we're meeting these standards. So that's good. The second piece is a lot of people talked about trust, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the second speaker after the the two police officers get up, she talks about, I live in this community and I don't trust you guys. And, and that's the issue. Oh, you, snap. We, we talked about four officers arrive within 42 seconds, a man is dead. 42 seconds. Yeah. There's, if you, if it, you, was, it was they arrived and then within 10 seconds of him taking out the knife, he was shot. Okay, so... 10 if, seconds. If you, if you watch what happens... The entire time, they just yell at him. There's no, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, you know, tell us your name. What's happening tonight? None of that. Immediately is, drop, just, drop the stop. knife. Yes, please stop. Drop the knife. They're, and they just yell at the guy. Like, there's there's no ability to build but, any sort of, like, hey, what? give us a situation. Like, can, can we calm down? Like, we, you know, the, the big critique on Ogden uh, Police Department in this situation was de-escalation, right? Mm-hmm. Though we and really say, don't well, know, we, well, but this, but what I'm saying is there was there was no verbal attempt to de-escalate the situation whatsoever. But the, the, the chief points to all of this de-escalation training, and then, like we've talked about, within 42 seconds, a man is dead. But we don't. I mean, the sound gets turned on partway through the video. We don't know what gets said then. We don't know what's said before because they're already on the scene. Who knows? Just to be fair, you oh. don't know if there was some de-escalation that wasn't caught on film. If so, then why why wouldn't they put it out? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know well, how the why the body cameras seem to never yeah. that helps their case catch that side they, of it. We we did all of this because because that was chief the the crux of Chief Watts' argument is we are so trained and we are the best. You know, he talks about we were one of the best mm-hmm. police departments at de-escalation. We have all this training. Okay, well, if that's the case, then put out the video that yeah. shows you Show trying to talk to, to this guy, this build the rapport, try and build the trust, and then th- we have to shoot him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If that's the case, if that if that's there, put it out there. Yeah, it's not out there, man. It didn't happen. So we're looking at like uh, approaching people wanting to approach the local police force and change policies and what does true de-escalation look like. And number one, that's hard. But two, you have a community healing from someone being dead, being mm-hmm. killed. Yeah. 
um, who is of the Hispanic Latino community. And then additionally, you have some things that went wrong where no one from the city, well, OPD has reached out to the family, but if the family decides to press charges, what does that conversation do for anyone? Mm-hmm. Right. Not saying that they are, I, there's nothing factual about that, but if they just, de- if they decide they to, um, so, but you also have a city and a mayor who said nothing about this situation. Yeah. Change is going to come from the top. <clears throat> I mean, the chief. Yeah, where's the leadership? Yeah, I mean, if if the council and the mayor demand that the chief change the way they do things, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting here thinking about what you said. You're probably right that that chief is protecting the city from a lawsuit. He sees that as his job, so that becomes the filter through which he sees the entire thing. And I think that maybe is what triggers him to react the way he does. Yeah, right? He's. So if that's if that is part of the problem, then I've I've just been sitting here asking myself how we address that. Mm-hmm. And maybe it sounds crazy, but like maybe there is an element of showing support to that chief and saying you're not the one who needs to be who should be held accountable when it's determined that this was handled improperly. Do you know what I mean? Like though but those guys acted on orders or direction from the chief, the way they're trained. There's always a standard to be upheld, right? And yeah. we saw the standard. Yeah. To me, it's like they know when they have here. a green light. Yeah, I believe. And those guys, the- four guys standing there with a gun, did not feel in danger, but they knew there's the legal definition of danger. Let's shoot. Yeah. Like if he, I told him to stop, he's got a weapon. If he crosses this line, I kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it's as simple as that. It's not a, no emotions to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. So my my other beef with the chief's speech was that over and over again, I mean, he he gives condolences to the family, but then he both sides it and says, you know, we, we would never want this to happen to the family or to the officer's families. And he continually lays blame at the feet of the victim. Like, this is his fault. He did this, blah, blah, blah. This is what we had to do. And, and then he, you know, offers his hollow condolences to the family. And it's just like... And then he also, at the beginning of his speech, talks about how the family's emotions are being, you know, used by people who have a political agenda. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you can't offer your condolences and then beat them over the head with, you know, this thing like that. You don't. He see- made something that probably should have done been done very privately, public, yeah. and on record. Yeah. So, and it's not to say that he isn't experienced experiencing both of those because he is a human, yeah, right? Sure. He's has probably seen some of the most horrible sides of human behavior that I can't even imagine. Well, but I hear what you're saying where you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. And, and now that you mentioned that, like, I just cannot help. If this was a white family, I am sure they would be the police department would be talking to that family much more closely than they are with this family who is largely Spanish speaking. It was all completely mishandled by Ogden City from... Um, just from how do you reach out to the family? How is the inform- how is how are the body cams? How's that footage released? Who should who should we go to first? I mean, even the fact that you have to break it down in that I in those ideas is wrong because it goes back to there needs to be a stronger enforcement of de escalation tactics used yeah. first. Yeah. That's what it has to go back to. So you said have you talked to 
you said you you don't know what de-escalation looks like. Is that is that what you said? Or, yeah, I mean, so, what does it look like so for? Like, so like to me, if you have four officers in cars and a guy's walking at you at one point two miles an hour, there's nothing fucking wrong with getting in your car. <laughs> well, also no, no, I to, mean, be, like, to be fair, there were twenty danger? people. Yeah, right. There, there were okay. there were bystanders. There were there were other people there. It was. So I mean, there were some it, other family situations. or just neighbors or what? Other uh, people. He wasn't. It was, approaching. it was like a party or something. Yeah. Like, at that same house. Well, he had down um, the street, right? He was walking ar- as far as what I've read. Yeah. Okay, right, right. Everyone can please cross reference me. I encourage it. Please do your own research. Um, but he went by, and I think was going this family party or this party that was happening, and someone from that party called. And he had gone somewhere else to a carport, right? And that's where officers approached him. Yeah, but I think it was his carport. So what I had read is that he had approached the party. He had been searching cars, and that's what people called on. But when they approached him, and mm-hmm. the video was at his house, at his what grandparents' I, house. Correct. Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And so I think okay. what it's just at the moment, yeah. it's only the police officers there. He's coming out because the police officers are there. Mm-hmm. If the police officers just take a step back and say. All right, buddy, we'll just get in our cars and you go back over there for a minute. And I think you can separate it, too, because um, there's there's strength in numbers. There's four police officers. But when it comes to, like, one police officer with one person, right, I think the game changes. So to try to put this blanket de-escalation on all situations isn't fair mm-hmm. and isn't fair to situations that these officers find themselves in. Mm-hmm. So it has to be clearly identified like and training for each one of these situations. Yeah. it's Well, yeah. Uh, we are definitely downplaying the trickiness of it. They don't know no, whose house he's I mean, at. I want to know what... You should. What you don't know if you leave is, that guy alone. Yeah. He might go hurt somebody else. Yeah. and you So don't, they don't really have a choice to walk right. away mm-hmm. necessarily. And you don't know if you see somebody in your garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's the neighbor... The heroin addict, right? Uh-huh. Your neighbor's kid, and he's stealing your air compressor, right? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So this you go out there specific. and I go, go confront, or or you, no, I'm just saying because <laughs> it fucking happens all the time, <laughs> right? No, I mean you're laughing at this, but it's like you can yell at him, you can go do it, maybe you get hurt, mm-hmm. you let him go, you go talk to him the next day, everything's fine. You call the cops, the kid can end up dead. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I want to know how how it goes down. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of folks in that meeting express that they don't feel that level of trust. And that's a key piece of, you know, it's what it's what Angel talked about when she came on the show about, you know, having cops walk their beat and know the people in their community. It's mm-hmm. a it's a key piece to all this. And well, uh, also people like changing, changing the idea of what a police officer is, because yeah. you within the black community and I don't want to do a blanket statement, but it's like you don't you don't snitch on your own. You don't do Word. that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just and that's a whole culture within itself, mm-hmm. and that's a, a complete breakdown in trust. And also, like institutionalized, right? We have this whole history of being put in these very specific boxes, and pretty much being just like ability to be charged for anything. Mm. Yeah, and then you're in jail, yeah. or you're serving your life in prison. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So I mean, like you're dealing with intergenerational like trauma yeah that on the community side is hard to break through and even identify right in some respects because our experiences are entirely different Mm -hmm. when it comes to dealing with the police right 
Dude. And I think the establishment just gets daunted when they look at sort of all of the ramifications that they would have to deal with, and so they just sort of block well, it out. Well, that's privilege, right? Yeah. That's yeah. when you're yeah. in a, when you're in an institute when when this is how this institution has been brought up that you get to be in that position of power. Yeah. You don't have to consider it, and then trying to dismantle that after years and decades, generations and, and generations of what this is, yeah. it's exhausting, yeah. and you don't know where to start. And that's also a key element where we love Ogden and we love how close everyone is or we're six degrees of separation. Why can't we do that here? Why can't we even have that training when it comes to like, what do you mean there's this intergenerational blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, let's identify it. So maybe there's a little bit more empathy when it comes to seeing a community that's hurting and that wants to be heard. Create that space. That's what they're asking for. We're asking for a little bit of space to be heard and to process this instead of just this wall yeah. of just stats and training. Yeah. So when it comes to action that people can take, uh, are you still doing these town halls? We They have gone dormant for about, I want to say, six months. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian but, has a beautiful little boy. Oh, Monica yeah. is very involved with the Poor People's Campaign. <laughs> I got very injured last summer, which took me out of the game, and I'm still kind of like... Coming back from, I broke my leg roller skating because I just wanted to bring back roller disco. But anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Um, True story. But so, cool. but so there's the Citizens <laughs> Review. So that's something that they can, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, you can go on social media and look them up. Um, Malik, I forget his last name. He's Dial? kind of, yes, he's spearheading that. What was it again? Dial. Because I think y'all just had coffee or something the other day. Uh, I didn't. Okay. I, I haven't met him. Okay. He's he's very involved. He's a spokesperson for the family. And yeah. Susie Daly of Grounds for Coffee is very involved in this. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I really feel like people should be moved to go and watch the last, well, and even the upcoming one, city council meeting. Um, the yeah. last four city council meetings to understand the first meeting that happened where uh, Malik got up and spoke on behalf of the family where they laid out some really simple requests such as just a review of de-escalation tactics with Ogden, with OPD. And then the meeting after that where police chief uh, Watt spoke. Um, And then was there a city council meeting last Tuesday? I don't know. I think there was a work session. I think there, yeah. Um, But then this upcoming week, which I will be at, um, you can always go to city council meetings there at 6 p.m., third floor of the city county building. Um, Tuesday? Yes, Tuesdays. Um, The Diversity Commission has is on the agenda to speak they've been requested to be put on the agenda and and that was honored so they're going to get up and speak which i think is a great move for the diversity commission which is kind of a bookmark for the city where they can say they have the city has a diversity commission but they have no teeth and that's not of any of the astounding people that make up that commission it's because of the confines of the city because there are a lot of really great people on there amazing people on there yeah yeah in fact, uh, one of the uh, one of the events on that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, it came from so Jeremy Shinoda, House District Eight Chair for the, for the We Redems. He sent me an email last week and said, "Hey, man, here's the uh, events calendar for the Diversity Commission. If you ever want to pull something off here and shout it out on the on the the podcast." So I actually did that this week. But, but I think other ways to get involved. So uh, we are still the the town hall conversations um, on race are still active on like social media, primarily Instagram. Um, I know Monica Hall and Adrian Andrews, um, are always accessible along with myself to have these conversations. Um, but there's really, it's really hard to find a platform to get involved in, mm-hmm. in this city. I mean, there's Lupec, there's action. 
um, that you can get involved with as well. It's just kind of finding your footing and, and going to meetings or talking to people that are involved with those organizations to see how you can get more involved. Yeah. So you were saying there is a Black Lives Matter Ogden chapter? Yes. Is that right? And mm-hmm. that's who Malik is? Was no, it it's actually, it's Ja'Kai Kelly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, there's a Facebook group, and uh, you can get involved there. I think there's a there's a little application you have to fill out to get in, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit of a filter so you don't get randos. But, um, but yeah, you can get involved there, and, and they do a lot of stuff fairly regularly. They'll mm-hmm. shout it out in the group, and nice. there, there are a lot of opportunities. And then when incidents like these, or there was one uh, a few months ago in Harrisville, um, yeah. they were super involved in that one as mm-hmm. well. And, yeah. you know, a lot of information came through that. So if you want to be up to date on when things well, happen. And don't forget that there is uh, a hate group located in Ogden, the Proud Boys. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. The Proud they Boys. They have a chapter here. Yes. Yeah, of course they do. Wow. Yeah. The ones no, with the tiki I, no, torches? I, no, not of course they do. It's like, that's a big fucking news. So like, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that either. What the fuck? Uh, it's, everyone just needs to be aware. Yeah. You know, it's it's everywhere and whether it's, it's microaggressions or, I mean, larger issues of hate crimes, it is happening within our community. And um, there are ways wh- when you choose to get involved with local politics, you can directly affect that change and how people are re- represented and heard. Yeah. And that's important to the growth of Ogden City. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point that the city council is interested in trying to make change at the Ogden Police Department. So it's a good time to give them your input. I, and, you know, there's something interesting that happens in that September 10th meeting as well. Um, council member Lopez apologizes to a couple other council members for statements that he said in a previous city council meeting the week before mm-hmm. that he said some things out of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- we could get into the details of it if you wanted to. But as someone in the audience, I was really discouraged to see a person of color apologizing to two white men. Yeah. That was really, really, really disheartening. And I understand why he did it. It was personal and political, and I respect him for that. But also for the couple city council members who received that apology to return it with statements like, well, I'm not a racist or I don't, you know, see bias or prejudice. Mm. It's little ways like that that concern me that we don't have a progressive city council or administration that is made up with people that understand the challenges of activism and social justice and the work and constant thought that needs to be put in that when you are in a position of power, primarily a white man. Yeah. So that all stems from theater. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's that's a heavy load, but I think no. it's important for people no, to go back you. and no, watch. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, it's and, important and coming on the pod, and, and, and I do feel like it. you know Luis Lopez and Angela Choburka is phenomenal, and like we, I choose to create these spaces for education and honest dialogue with people about where they are, whether they want to progress in it or they don't see it at all. I'm willing to have those conversations. And one particular way that I have those conversations is through good company theater. Yeah. Because the power of theater changes people. When you see those stories in front of you, there's nothing like it. But a sidestep of that, how I choose to stay active in the community and give back to the community is really trying to strengthen these ties when it comes to what does true social justice look like within Ogden City and within, mm. I mean, Weber County, really, when I can get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I love it. I, for one, I mean, direct politics, I think, is is losing its effectiveness mm-hmm. in the world. And so I think you need to do it with things like art now. Uh, yeah. So it's a very, very important thing you do. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so, for coming. So make sure to check out uh, Ripped. It's, yep. uh, it opened this weekend. Uh, it'll be going until the 6th. Right? Of October, yep. yep. So it'll be open next weekend and the following weekend. It's always weekends, right? It's always weekends, yep. and we have shows on Sundays. Yep, mm-hmm. and they have, uh, and you have a couple of options throughout. You'll have to check Good Company's website. So it's uh, trying to remember the website exactly. It's goodcotheater.com. Yeah, goodcotheater.com. And uh, you can go on there. There, you know, there are a few matinees. There are a lot of options for you, and go out there and support local theater. Absolutely, yeah. and vote and register people to vote. Yeah. The other way people can get involved is um, I'll send you the information, okay. um, but. Uh, there's a group of people that are going out and signing up in droves, groups of first-time voters. Nice. And um, there was a big event held at St. Joe's um, Church oh, a yeah. week ago. Angel yeah. advertised it was yeah. with the with the tacos, and oh, yep. yeah. it was on a Sunday, right? 49 people, first-time wow. voters, all ages, Great. different backgrounds, yeah. registered to vote. So vote for local politics. It's so important. Register to vote. Awesome. Utah.gov. That's the tagline. All politics is local. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, we should get you to say it. All politics is local. Yes. Perfect. Did Dang, I say local or loco? I mean, <laughs> whoop. A little, little bit of both. Awesome. Thank you. Alicia, appreciate you. Thanks yeah, for coming absolutely. on. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for Thanks having so me much. on. Thanks again to Alicia Washington for coming out and talking to us. Uh, again, you can see her uh, visit her website and see her plays at the Good Company Theater. Uh, the website again was uh, www.goodcotheater. And that's t r e theatre dot com. And uh, like we said, they're down on uh, 24, 24th Street in Washington. Uh, they have a play that's up right now. It's called Ripped. Um, I think we're gonna do JCP. Yeah, we'll session do, do, down there. I think uh, I'm thinking Saturday, October 5th, we'll do the matinee. What do you guys think? What do you think? I'm down. I gotta I'm, check with the boss, but I'm down. Okay, yeah, I, I'm sure Maddie will go too. So, John, yeah, John, John, you, you and Sheena, Johnson. yeah, you guys go. It's during the day. Oh, is that gonna be a problem? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> All J- right. JCP uh, <laughs> yeah. day down at Good Company Theater, we'll October get, we'll 5th. We'll get like a bus together, a fun bus. Fun bus. We'll meet at Shane's house. And Shane's we'll go house. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the polls for this week. Um, we had to, we had a really good one. Like last week, we we said we were going to put it up. Who won the the third debate? We had a lot of a uh, lot of people vote. Nobody voted for Mike Caldwell. Nobody. So yeah, everybody voted. Uh, Angel Angel won that by a landslide. Seven and so notes. Angel's the mayor. Congratulations, Congratulations Angel. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> we can get her inauguration speech here. Uh, no, just kidding. No. Um, this week's poll. Hmm. I didn't think about this one. We just decide it later. Yeah. Well, I think that this week's poll should be around um, what we just talked about with Alicia and the the issue with police and trust in Ogden. You know, maybe ask people like, "Oh, do you trust the police?" Maybe not not that straightforward, but like, what do you think that OPD needs? Like, what is it that they're lacking? Oh, kind of like know? what we did with the Democratic it, one. Yeah. Yeah. I like is, that. is it de-escalation training? Do they need? Okay, I like know, that. That's good. So that'll that'll be what we'll put up in the group this week. Good, good. Um, and now we're into pinkies up, thumbs down. What's up? Anybody got pinkies up, thumbs down? Other than Kobe, we all know Kobe has them. Yeah, I always do. Oh, do you, John? Yeah. Nope. 
<laughs> nope. All right, Kobe, go ahead. Shane, you got nothing? No, I'm good. So I was like, after last week's like pissed off rant about Republicans cheating, because they do, uh, I was like, I need to bring something more lighthearted. And so um, this week, so I don't know if you guys have noticed, but um, the Lady Wildcats, the volleyball team, they have been playing really well. They've beat a lot of really good squads. They beat Kansas State. They beat, um, oh, who else? There was another big school that they beat already. And uh, they've just been playing super well. They're 9-2 and two on the season. And so this Saturday, they beat in straight sets uh, Utah State. And I don't, I don't know what it is in my brain, but lately I've been having this, like, I want to beat Utah State at everything I possibly can because for some reason, like, the Aggies just, like, get under my skin anymore. I don't know why. I think they're great. They're our northern Utah brothers. But brother. th- they're not, brother, though. Brethren. Because, yes. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, taking all the air out of this. Yeah, well, True. the thing was, so so Pinky's up to the Lady Wildcats for beating Utah State in three sets, in straight sets, um, three three sets to none, and, you know, it, Advancing to nine and two, improving to nine and two on the on the season. So I'm calling it now, Big Sky Champs. I think they're going to be the Big Sky Champs. Nice. Until you said they uh, advancing to nine and two, I thought you were making that whole fucking thing up. <laughs> oh, you thought I was lying? Yeah. <laughs> you thought I was lying about the whole thing? <laughs> I, I just. Colby doesn't care been... about volleyball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colby doesn't know. Actually, when I was in studio, when I did Studio Seventy Six, that's my live event stuff. I uh, the only the only things I did were volleyball games. Really? Matches. Yeah. Those are easy. Yeah, they are easy. (laughs) They're like three or four cameras, and that's like it. It's it. It's easy. All right. Well, I don't have one either. Actually, uh, the thumbs up to, or pinkies up to. We don't need to try so hard. We can just move on. Okay, that's fine. This segment, like, (laughs) limps on every week. It does. You guys need to work harder. Or we could just, like, move past the part where we say, I don't have anything, and we just do the one, and then we go. Or bring something. (laughs) You've got great ideas today. You know what? I'm going to take you some, for, for some uh, gizzards and titties later. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to upcoming events. Uh, Tuesday, September 24th, Weber County Forward, Town Hall, Pleasant Valley Library. So the address is 5568 Adams Avenue in Ogden. Uh, this is from 6 to 8 p.m. That's the one that's the library that's right across the street from Ogden Regional Hospital. So come out and support. Uh, this is a good good forum for you to come out and, and listen and talk and uh, really uh, get involved in Ogden specific. No, county. It's county. county. Or is, no, it's a... Uh, oh, Weber. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Weber yeah. County. Sorry. Yeah. Weber so, county I mean, forward, this is yeah. kind of like the Washington Terrace one, but Weber County Forward is the um, ballot initiative to change the form of county government from a three-person right. commission to something more representative. There's your plug, Kingmaker. Yep. Uh, Wednesday, September 25th, the Young Democrats Progressive Power Hour. Yeah. This is going to be held at Cuppa. Shameless plug of my own event. <laughs> yep. Cuppa, Wednesday, uh, 6.30, 7.30. I'm just trying to get young progressives together in the city, hang out at a cool vegan place on 25th Street, support a, another fellow Democrat who owns the place, and... Let's get together. Let's just talk. You know, there's I got no agenda really. So you want to talk? It's just power yeah. hour. Like you're yeah. just gonna you don't want... make Colby feel like he's the only young Democrat in the county. I'd love to have some people show up. I really would. Um, so please come down. It'll be fun. It's a, it's a vegan place. Yeah, it is. Dude, Cuppa is awesome. Cuppa's awesome. Yeah, Cuppa's awesome. All right, uh, Friday, September twenty seventh, Young Impact or I'm sorry, Youth Impact Casino Night fundraiser. This is at the fifth the fifth floor. The address is 2411 
Kiesel? Kiesel, yeah. Is it Kiesel? Yeah. So this is in the that's, uh, that's in the Lotus Building, right? Or the old, the old Kiesel Building where the Standard Examiner used to be in the day? Oh, Dang. is it right there? Yeah, isn't that isn't that space? Maybe it is. Or Black there Lotus. There's something new there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this goes from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, if you don't like little kids, like at least come out and play some casino stuff or yeah. do some stuff at the casino. Youth Impact is awesome. <laughs> Support them. <laughs> uh, Saturday, September 28th, Weber Democrats, Dems and Dogs, BBQ, Mount Ogden Park. So. This is just free food, the, right? Yeah, this is the big uh, county party event. They've been they've been plugging it for what three weeks, something at like least. That. Yeah. yeah, they've been plugging it for a while. Been sending out emails, so a lot. I think a lot of people are going to show up up yeah. there. Twelve to two. Yep. Twelve to two so on Dan, that you're Saturday. It and taking pictures, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there uh, for a uh, dog, and then and you're going to go to the football game because Northern Iowa's coming to Ogden that night. Is that the same night? Yeah, it sure is. It's a big game, dude. That's a playoff game right there, basically. That is a playoff game. It's going like to be cold. Top tens, dude. Uh, it might be cold. I'm going to be in Denver, so sorry, guys. You're not even going to be there? No. I'm going to see the Brewers play the Rockies. Shane, you're going to be birthday. there, right? Shane, you're going. Probably not. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> what about John Miles? John Miles going to be there? No, man. Shit, no. Are we talking about football? Or are we talking about Dems, Gosh, Dems and dogs? The Dems all of and it. dogs. All, all of it. <laughs> what a freaking dick. Skipping it all. Okay. It's my wife's birthday. Is it? My beautiful wife's birthday. Your, bi- your wife's birthday is the 28th? Yeah. Dude, and your birthday was? 26th. Oh, your birthday is the 26th? Is the 26th, yeah. Dude, my birthday is the 24th. That's right. Dude, all right. It's like a train. Yeah, it is like a train. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that comes on now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. We're it's running not. the train, I think, is what they say, right? <laughs> We're not going to say that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, uh, so, if you like us... You should uh, follow us on on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Get involved in the uh, in the Facebook group. Uh, we do the polls there. Uh, leave us a message, a comment, questions. Um, if you have a, a, any special ideas or, or any guests that you you'd like to see on the on the podcast, <laughs> special <laughs> ideas. I meant special guests, <laughs> but then I said special ideas. Ideas for the podcast. Uh, shoot us a, 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 an email at the at junctioncitypodcast at uh, gmail.com. I, I mind that uh, email account. And so, yeah. yeah we've had a lot if of good people. If you email me, yeah. I will respond to you. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah. Uh, you can rate us, right? You can, yeah, you can rate us five stars um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, if you're still listening to the show, because <laughs> it, it died about five minutes ago. <laughs> Ouch. Like, there's something fucking wrong with you. Like, oh. like there's no goddamn way. No, like, not, no. After the interview, I wouldn't just shut the show off <laughs> and called it a good week. You know what I mean? So if you're still listening, I think there's something wrong with you. You're bloated. I think you're awesome. You're, but yeah, you should I still, think you should still rate I had so to good. sit through this, Listen, so you have to sit through oh, this. Shit. I mean... I guarantee you have better things to do than be listening. We'll, we'll just drag this shit on for another <laughs> time. Oh, All right, hey. So yeah. let's wrap it up. Yeah. yeah, thanks a lot, John. Yeah. God damn it, say it, John. <laughs> you had one job, John. Like we say every week. All politics is local. Dude.